last time on Space Battles, what happened? We escaped somehow by the skin yes. of our teeth. Yes. Uh, so you, uh, more specifically, you escaped from the space station around Cymerith, uh, which is in hut space. Um, after you uh, escaped, uh, you took some hyperspace routes uh, back to the nearby planet of Colomax, uh, which is a contested system in between the Trade Federation and Hut Space. Um, you guys rolled successfully. You made good on your escape. Um, so why don't you tell me about what you're doing and uh, what your plans are? Uh, you are now in orbit around the uh, the familiar planet of Colomax, uh, near its two moons. What uh, what are you trying to do? How big is this spaceship again? Um, it sucks. Okay, so is it like a common space and some hammocks kind of thing, or is it? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there is a singular cabin, presumably for the captain, and then there is like a common space with uh, six bunks embedded in the wall. Okay. Um, so one thing I know Kiyama would have done probably as soon as they had taken off, or at least as soon as they got to real space in column X, is to make a phone call. Okay. To whom are you making a call? She's going to use the hollow projector to call Veleman. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. I am going to make a secret roll for secret reasons. Better pick up. Do not send me to voicemail. Uh, yeah, he. It uh, there isn't even any voicemail. It just keeps kind of chiming. Would I know with this kind of technology? Is he like seeing a blinking light essentially and not answering, or? Yeah, um, or he's simply not near the hollow projector. You know. Okay. Um. All right. I will stop trying to do that, and um, at least for now, and then. I'll go up to the cockpit and uh, find Mia. All right. Uh, Mia, can you please uh, give me a resilience roll? Uh, Mia is in the cockpit, uh, sort of barely clinging to uh, consciousness. You can kind of see her head uh, bobbing up and down. It's only been a 16-hour journey, but there's no autopilot on this ship. Um, so she has had to at least be at the station manually this whole time. Um, and now that you guys are in real space, she is bringing it back in. Um, I'm going to go kind of up next to her and just sort of like tentatively put my hand on her shoulder and say, how are you doing? Mia's going to look up at Kiyama and just say, I could use a nap. Yeah, you look like it. Um, I, I'm sorry, we, I don't know where they are. Ronis and Eshka and VC20. I'm afraid we might have left them behind. Mia's gonna blink a lot, like she's blinking back tears. And she's gonna say, they would have wanted us to. They would have wanted us to get out at the first opportunity we had. And I ask, um, I, while we were in there, I was able, I know Ronis was there. He was next door to me. And I could sense you near him too. I saw him. Veleman wanted Veleman wanted us to warn Luke that um, that they knew where the where everyone was. That they'd heard heard us talking about it. That the coordinates were in the in the ship when we were captured. And Kiyama's face is gonna go, I guess, as pale as she can for a blue skinned person. Looks looks Robin's at blue. Yeah. Wait. They know what. They know where the Jedi are, where Uncle Luke and the rest are. We had to warn. We had to warn them because we, I, we were trying to get back, right? And so I'd put the coordinates in the ship when we were ambushed, and so when we were captured, they knew where we were trying to get to. You put the coordinates directly in, not to any other system. Yeah. Oh God. Um, and I think Kiyama's just gonna sort of lean against the console and punch it, yeah. like physically punch the console because she is my dashboard alone did he get the message out yes he got the message out do you not think i would be freaking out way more if he hadn't he got the message out you're sure 
As sure as I can be, I choose to believe it. I saw him doing it. He seemed confident that he conveyed it. She's just going to take a deep breath and just say, okay then, and walk out. She is barely holding it together. Sure. Um, So at some point, um, is someone going to talk to Calette um, about what the hell is going on? Because uh, you've had about 16 hours on this ship. Um, presumably about eight of which would have been used for sleeping of some kind or resting in some capacity. Um, yeah, I guess but, mm-hmm. she would try and figure out what uh, what Colette's whole vibe is. Sure. So I guess it, if Colette is keeping mainly to herself at some point, she'll just like approach and knock on the dingy little door, which I imagine yeah. kind of swings open. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you guys are both in the, um, you know, the, there's the common area, like I said, that just has, like, bunks in slots along the wall. Uh, so, you know, entering the common area, you can see Colette. Uh, what, how is she spending her time, Rebecca? What, uh, what is she doing with, you know, the, the eight hours of downtime outside of her resting? Um, that's a really good question. Um... I think she would want to um, get a message back to whoever she reports to uh, as soon as she's able to, to be like, hey, yep, this, this is what happened. Um, is that something that she would be able to do during this journey? Um, once you enter real space in Colomax, right. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it can be a little tricky, um, you know, because hyperspace is difficult to communicate through in a timely fashion unless you have beacons and buoys and with the galaxy currently almost entirely engulfed in war um it might be difficult to get messages back effectively yeah that makes sense but you could you could definitely try it's just a question of speed and and encryption yeah um i think she'll probably eat up a good chunk of time working on that and trying to get that through. I'm I'm going to say she doesn't get it through and she has to wait till they get to regular space, but that probably there's probably several rounds of like trying to get it through and, you know, getting the same issue every time and swearing about it and <laughs> Sure. That's um that sort of So stuff. you can uh you can give me a computer's test um and I'm going to give you I'm going to add a bonus to it um, uh, to represent sort of the extra time taken. Okay. Double you should check. be able to just click computers on the new sheet. Oh, is there a new sheet? Yeah. Oh, one second. I have added your picture and everything. Incredible. Thank you. Um, just quick, quick sum. All your characteristics are there. All your skills are there. Inventory is right, and your combat sheet is set up with your two weapons. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of the talents because there aren't any descriptions of the talents in this sheet, and that's like a longer term thing. Um, but you yeah, should be good cool. to go for now, at least. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, most of our talents are combat based anyway, so it's all good. But thank you for setting that up. Wow. Uh, so you've come out uh, perfectly even. Um, so, G, when uh, when you enter like the common area, um, Kellet is like fooling with a transponder. Um, sounds like she's kind of muttering to herself, uh, frustratedly like fooling around with it, trying to um, accomplish something. You're not not entirely sure what. What are you? Uh, what are you trying to do? Oh, hi. Uh, you know, just. Being super smart and trying to get a message out while we're in uh, hyperspace, like like intelligent people do. Yeah, I'm. I went radio silent uh, to my superiors at a very inopportune time when I got you know caught. <laughs> so I was yeah. trying to get a hold of them as soon as I can. But you know, thank what you for those details, Brian. Got, uh, what were you doing when you got caught? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, you you have you have total uh, creative fiat. Uh, otherwise, I will uh, insert a little backstory here. But I, you know, it'd be nice to have you 
uh, have control over that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm uh, pretty good at getting into places without calling too much attention to myself and pretty good at getting out of scrapes if I do get into them. So, you know, the New Republic is happy to utilize my skills for uh, information gathering and uh, flew a little too close to the sun on this one, seeing as I ended up in the uh, clutches of the moth, you know? Yeah. Uh, G, please give me a warfare role. Are you happy being utilized by the New Republic? Well, I don't know if happy is the right word, but it's it's what I want to be doing right now. Yeah. Uh, so G, with five successes, uh, you have seen her weapons. Um, nobody carries a sniper rifle that large if all they are doing is infiltrating. I noticed that you um, seem to have a decent amount of gear for infiltrating, but there's also quite a bit of gear for what you might do when you're infiltrated. And I gestured up the guns. And Kellett will give him just sort of a little half grin uh, and say, well, you got me there, boss. Why do you want to be working for the New Republic? She looks a little... I'm trying to think of the right word. Not exactly evasive, but just like a little more closed off when they ask that. And... Uh, she just kind of shrugs and says, uh, Xenology got boring. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How about you? How do you get mixed up in all of this? Um, well, pretty similarly boredom with the knowledge that I was researching. Always trying to find new things. Eventually stumbled into this crew and seemed like as good of a crew as any to, to learn from. And pretty quickly they've... They've gotten me opportunities that I never would have gotten before. Yeah, they seem like a pretty good crew. I mean, you've got Jedi hero, General's daughter, pretty good group of folks. Yeah, the list uh, the list used to be quite a bit longer, um, but so it goes. Just nods and says, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm sorry to hear that, though. Happens. Um, and then G will, uh, if they can, help. Um, help Colette with whatever she's working on. Sure. Um, give me a computer's test, please. Okay. Uh, so with one success, um, you are going to be able to uh, get the transponder working out here on the far eastern side of the galaxy. Um, the message should be hopefully safe to send, but, um, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no such thing as certainty out here. Yeah, I I imagine there would be not only encryption, but some level of, you know, getting the base message across while giving as little information as possible in case of interception. Yes. Okay. Basically, um, so, basically mm-hmm. Colette is just, you know, pinging uh, her kernel and saying, I lived, bitch. Okay. Uh, that is a short, <laughs> that is a short enough message. Um that uh and you know he has worked with uh colonel tamu has worked with uh colette and other special operations kinds of operatives before i'm sure it's not even the rudest message that he's ever gotten (laughs) uh so all of your uh you know all the things that you guys want to do prior to landing on columx have i think been accomplished and you know uh, sort of, sort of chagrined and shorthanded compared to last time you were here, and in a considerably worse ship. Um, you have once again arrived on the on the dual moon system of uh, you know beaches and sandy shores that is in current contestation between the Trade Federation and the Huts. What? Uh, tell me again. What's up? What uh, what comes next? I'll uh, at one point roll up to Guillaume and Mia, who seem to have a lot more awareness of the situation we're in, and pretty directly ask. So are we um, are we just posting up here until Bellman comes and finds us, and we go back to the the temple, or so are we? Uh, uh, are we quick question, up here sure. just for context. Comes uh, and has Colette been filled the, in on the fact the that temple, you guys are? Technically working with Velamin. She's bad at secrets. I would have okay. told you. Okay. 
Kiyama would not volunteer that information, but it's a small ship, and if he calls, yeah. you'll know. Yeah. Um, but that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to assume at some point while we were working on fixing the thing, I, she had a sad little reminisce thing about Aww. the people that they've lost, but then a hopeful, like, but you know, Veloman's supposed to be be joining us, and that should be good time. Oh my god. I, I like that. that. Um, I think Colette is not thrilled about this um but i think i think she is not going to you know try to waylay their purpose i I think she has enough confidence in in them as people and their loyalty to the new republic just because of who they are i i think that she'll be like okay i'm gonna trust you i don't like it but i'm gonna trust you kind of sure, thing. and definitely the spin that uh they're putting on it is that velamin is defecting to them not vice right, versa right um we can stay here a few days well i don't think and kiyama's gonna look at g and just be like i i don't know what comes next I don't know where Ronus and Eshka and VC20 are. Um, I don't know if they are alive or dead or being used as some sort of bait. Apparently, someone left the coordinates to the temple in the parry, and they know. And so I don't even know if Luke is still alive, and there are Jedi there, or that I even have a home to go to. So... I'm okay for sitting on a beach for a few days while I try and calm the fuck down so that I don't get found. So. Makes sense. Yama, can you give me a discipline test, please? I'm good at it, but I'm curious what would happen if I willingly failed it. Um, let's see. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, Yama's stressed. Yeah, so you, you have this sort of outburst. Uh, Colomex has sort of become Kiyama's tantrum hole. Um, and, it, and it feels satisfying, but, you know, you're also... You recognize the, the sense of anger and the loss of control brewing in you and you know, whatever else you may be feeling lately and, you know, your internal doubts about your, your skill or proficiency or willingness or worthiness to become a Jedi Master. It does kind of put some shame into you, for better or for worse. Uh, so I'm going to charge you three strain, um, but the success side of that, the three successes, um, it would also be a really good time to meditate. You know that that's true, and maybe that makes you matter because you can sort of hear Luke's voice saying it, but you also know that it would make you feel better. Okay, after that, and sort of grabbing, looking like I'm... I desperately either need a drink or to hit something or something along those lines um i'm just going to grab my things that i have and and i'm keeping the communicator close because i don't want to miss if veleman reaches out and i'm going to just say i need a walk and i'm just going to storm out and head down to the beach Beach episode, beach episode, beach episode. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you get one per episode. So if you really want this one to be it. Um, uh, other three beings on board. What, uh, what's your plan? Um, I So honestly, I in this situation, I would be worried that uh, Colette is going to ghost us. And I don't mm-hmm. really want that to happen right now. So I okay. think she's just sticking by by Colette in part because, you know, she has pretty valuable information now. And like all of the things that she's seen suggest that Colette is incredibly capable at both getting away by stealth and by force if necessary. So sure. just trying to be informed if either of those things happen. Okay. <laughs> uh, which brings us to the natural segue of Colette, what are you doing? Are you going anywhere? Are you trying to see anything? Um, I think I think I'm laying low. You know, okay. I just had an assignment blow up in my face, and I think I probably don't know enough about you know, like it, like it's it's probably fine for me to go about, but 
yeah. in, in the interest of just playing it cautious, I'm probably lying low. I'm very charmed by the idea of Colette and G just hanging out the whole time. Sure. <laughs> Do too. I, I love that. I think that's delightful. Um, in fact, I will say that she gets, she eventually gets comfortable enough to actually share a little bit of backstory. Okay. Uh, what are you, what are you telling G? Um, uh, here's what I'll say. Uh, G, can you give me another computer's role? Uh, what is this for? Uh, it will become clear in a moment. Uh, okay. It's, it's pure narrative. It's not, uh, okay. It's not light side point worthy. No, not at all. Okay. Success. Single success. Um, so while you guys have been looking around for transponder parts, uh, G has noticed, um, that there is actually like a game board built into the, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, hollow pedestals in the common area. Uh, much like on the Millennium Falcon, there was like a circular monster-based holographic chess. Um, on, on this ship, uh, it is more like a holographic monster-based backgammon. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll definitely fire that up. Yeah, so with your uh, successful computer test, uh, you, uh, in addition to, um, you know, you were, you were poking around for spare parts, basically, with which to soup up the... Um, the, the 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 transmitter and uh found this board fixed it up and we'll say that you and uh colette are sitting there playing holographic monster backgammon for a little while while you guys talk i love it yeah um and yeah i think you know work in general comes up again at some point and you know i think especially kind of knowing you know you know, knowing that G has been through some stuff too, you know, there's the commiseration factor. And so she tells them about how, you know, she used to be a xenologist in the coral worlds um, and was very happy with that work. Um, she had husband and she had a lot of friends there and was very fulfilled by the work she was doing. Um, and she, you know, she was already a little bit of a, you know, a, a little bit good at being sneaky because for very different purposes, you know, she had done some sort of, you know, like explorations and whatnot for work where, you know, it's, it, you don't want to disturb you know the the setting so you need to move carefully and that sort of thing so she kind of had a little bit of a base skill set but you know nothing extreme um but then a few years ago uh her husband and almost all of her colleagues um were killed in a free realms league raid that happened when she was out uh on a research trip and it was, you know, it would be a turning point for anyone, but for her, it was also a career turning point um, because uh, she she needed to do about it uh, so that she didn't just, you know, dissolve <laughs> in despair. Um, so she enlisted in the New Republic Army and, uh, you know, originally as sort of a, a consultant um, due to her xenological knowledge, uh, which is fairly extensive, and um, just kind of kept asking for more active things to do and kept asking to learn stuff and kept asking how to learn to use, you know, that rifle. And they're like, what? you don't need to know how to use that rifle. And she's like, but I want to know. And um, eventually found her way to where she is now. Thank you for sharing. It's been a while since I... <laughs> I don't know how backgammon works. I assume there's some comparable. <laughs> I have backgammon. Is that, I have is that backed a your gammon. backgammon? No, I have no idea. I don't know anything about backgammon either. <laughs> Gammoned your back. Oh, no. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Is that... Um, it's... I know we're kind of rushing the whole psychological sharing process, but is... Is doing what you're doing now, is that making you happy 
Or is that making you distracted? It's fulfilling. I also don't know. I mean, the reason I didn't just stay, you know, an intelligence consultant is that I just, I couldn't stand desk work anymore. So I can't imagine going back to it. Yeah, I hear that. Knew you, she kind of gestures at their whole person. You working on the Jedi thing? Uh, A little bit. Going going back and forth, there's, I don't know how into force stuff you are, um, but it, it feels more and more like everyone thinks they're right and no one is even close to having a full picture. So I'm doing the best I can to learn from as many people as I can and try and figure it out for myself. If it makes you feel any better. I kind of feel like everything is like that. There are people who think they know exactly what everything is and there's just a lot more that we just don't know yet. So, for what it's worth, I think you're probably going about it the right way. Thanks. Granted, I know very little about the Force, so <laughs> take that with a, a oh. big old grain of asteroid dust. I mean, would you, would you like to? Do what? Know more about the Force. I mean, sure. Right. It's fascinating, it just never really played into any of my particular research. And I've, as far as I know, I've never known anyone who could do the, make the, you know, make the force go. Uh, Colette, give me a, um, give me a xenology roll, please. Okay. Oh, a triumph. Okay, so with the triumph, um, you actually know a fair amount about force users in an academic sense. Um, okay. or in a scientific sense, you are aware that um, the force is transmitted through uh, organic beings um, via very small microbial creatures um, called midichlorians. Um, midichlorian count is generally correlated with strength and control of the force, but it's not a it's it's a positive correlation not necessarily a causation um there is an amount of these entities in every living creature um some people through unknown for unknown reasons or through unknown mechanisms are better able better able to uh harness and control uh their access to or their relationship with uh the force um, based on what it, what is essentially a microecology not dissimilar to, say, gut flora in humans. Um, it's very poorly studied because uh, the incidence of um, appreciable force control in, um, in a given being uh, is roughly one in about 175 million. Oh. That's a, it's an extraordinarily rare occurrence, um, you know, beyond Six Sigma on the bell curve, uh, to the point where meeting a force user is a statistical anomaly of, you know, a per like an extraordinarily profound magnitude. Like people kind of hypothesize there's, there's been academic hypotheses that, um, part of the survival mechanism of midichlorians is to, uh, make force users able to sense each other and seek each other out. Interesting. Okay. Then I'm going to like lightly, uh, oh my God, what's the word? Uh, lightly retcon slash revise. Uh, because I feel like with that, with that as a foundation, I feel like meeting and now hanging out with two force users is fascinating to her. Sure. No. No, I, I, I mean, you don't even have to retcon. This might be the kind of thing where you don't remember, you know, it's kind of, you know, triggered memory of like, you don't bother to recall all this till they ask you point blank, like, hey, what do you know about the force? You're like, oh, wait, shit. I, you know, this is an extraordinary circumstance that I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll kind of, we'll spin it that way. So, yes, she's very interested in learning Pretty much whatever she can, because it's fucking fascinating. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I that that question and that sort of uh, internal reveal uh, for Colette, I think, is a is a cool place to cut away. And yeah, like I, yeah. I assume we aren't just going to have the two of us talking the entire yeah. time. No, I would love it. I'm really yeah. enjoying getting to know Colette. Yeah. Uh, no, and I, I I I'm a big fan of this Xi and Colette relationship. Uh, Mia, what are you getting into? All right, Mia. Seals, is there? T- um, yep. I think Mia is still recovering from the flight. I think 16 hours nonstop in a cockpit is a lot. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that she is. Um, I think that she's still trying to like. <laughs> I think she's still reading user manuals. <laughs> like I think she's like the way that she's coping is to very much be like, oh, I uh need to learn everything Eshka ever knew about mechanics right now. And like Aww. that's where she's focusing her energy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. That's really that's very, very cute. Um I I almost wish that uh Marfellian were a less uh thorough fellow because it would be very cute for you to find like Eshka's repairing stuff diary. Uh but one, I don't think Eshka is uh I think Eshka's far too chaotic to ever write anything like that down. And two, I, Marfellian, for all of his faults, is very scrupulous. Uh, so he would never let any of her possessions away. Yeah, Eshka's um, definitely the person who writes everything down on a million different little scraps of paper and shoves them in her pockets and then can never find them. Yeah. Uh, so if only, if only we had access to Eshka's pants. Uh, <laughs> and everyone... Um, I, I, yes, ideally with Eshka inside them. Uh, so let's, uh, let's do this. Are you going to try and like read the user manual of this ship? Are you going to try and like practice on some stuff to soup it up? Um, are you going to go and talk to some ship mechanics on column X? Um, how are you, how are you pursuing this course of action? Uh, did you want to go and talk to mechanics on the planet? Uh, like look around in the ship for an instruction manual? Um, just kind of tinker for a while and hope that some of the things that she's shown you over the months um, kind of fall into place and you can improve with a little practice. Uh, how do you want to go about that? Um, I think that she is going to um, take things apart and put them back together. Okay. Nothing like uh, major, like she's not going to touch the hyperdrive or anything, but I think she's going to do like, like, you know, some simpler electrical panels and stuff. Okay. Uh, that sounds good to me. Uh, can you give me a mechanics test? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, three successes uh, and three strain uh, or three threat. Uh, so I'm going to charge you uh, two strain. Um, it's kind of a touch and go process and you uh, you shock yourself uh, several times. Uh, you're, you're repairing uh, the, the, automa- the automation systems on one of the exhaust manifolds or you're, you know, you're trying to upgrade it and um, You've got all these goddamn wires out. Uh, you've been working on this for three or four hours. You know, you're, you've been awake for uh, close to 20 hours at this point. It, you know, you're kind of just driving yourself into the ground with, uh, it, it, I don't know exactly what Mia's feeling, but it sounds like almost, almost like a kind of grief uh, for Eshka and her loss. Um, you, you know, you've, and at the end of it, you've got a superior uh, exhaust manifold um, but I'm, I mean, I'm also going to say that it's very emotionally taxing on you. Like you're, uh, maybe you're crying a little bit at the end, maybe because your hands are covered in small, uh, welts and, uh, little, there's a couple of little electrical burns on your fingertips. Um, maybe it's just cause this is what Eshka supposed to do and she's not here, but you're having a tough time, even though your exhaust manifold is now souped up somewhat. Eat baby Mia. Um, Okay. That is where Mia is at. Uh, I'm going to cut to Kiyama, who has now uh, stormed off several hours ago. Uh, Kiyama, making your way through the city streets, which are you know sort of oddly familiar for um, you know you, you guys, maybe out of force of habit, uh, maybe out of a sense of destiny, have uh, parked in the same spaceport as last time. Column X is one of the the few holdouts um, that in the last few decades has not. Uh, changed over to a primarily orbital-based spaceport system. Most of their spaceports are still on the planet's surface. 
uh, which behooves you uh, because instead of storming around a space station, you are now storming around a planet and an actual city. Um, can I uh, can I please get an outer rim roll from Yukiyama? Sure. I'm probably gonna fail this. Uh, outer rim. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Wow, cool. two successes. Um, so I am gonna charge you a strain. Um, because the, the realizations you have as you are uh, walking through is, is actually incredibly stressful. Uh, so Colum X uh, is starting to become more heavily fortified. Uh, you can see uh, battle droids, um, including the highly, uh, the highly sophisticated and very antagonistic uh, rolling sphere model battle droids moving through the streets. Um, additionally, however, there are multiple... Uh, mercenary companies present. Um, with two successes, I'll say that you uh, recognize uh, the, uh, the, the Red Suns, um, which uh, you also saw on Baldemnik, if you recall, yeah. um, uh, which are a, a mercenary company in the, in the employ of the Huts. Uh, so no surprise. Uh, again, Colomex is very much a border system. Uh, but you recognize uh, additionally uh, Free Realm League core. Um, you know that as a highly libertarian, uh, extraordinarily neoliberal uh, model of government and governance, the the power that the Free Realms League exerts is often for sale and not strictly limited to state-owned power. That is, they will occasionally lease their merc- their military out as mercenaries to other powers. And in this circumstance, it seems like the second company of the Free Realms League is here in someone's employ. Good to know, I guess. Um, uh, but but yeah. there are, um, maybe most troublingly, um, around uh, the spaceport in different directions, there are uh, checkpoints that are, that are guarded, uh, some of which are uh, guarded by the Trade Federation, some of which are maintained by... Uh, the Red Suns, the Hut mercenaries. Oh, goody. Um, so you could attempt to navigate the fortified maze of the city if you want to go to the beach, um, or you could try to stay uh, within the the more lawless or, you know, less fascistly locked down spaceport proper. Um, I think right now she's bullheaded enough to try navigating the city, and then okay. if she runs into too much resistance, she'll just stay. Uh, which checkpoints are you going to try and go through? Um, the the droid manned one of the Trade Federation or the uh, Red Suns manned one of uh, the, the, the huts seem to be maintaining? Um, which one hates me less, given my knowledge of their relationship to Jedi? Uh, ju- uh, uh, Trade Federation. Um, actually, you know what? Please give me an education role. Oh, boy. Uh, education. Hey, another success! Hey, a success. Uh, So the Trade Federation has had very negative dealings with Force users in the past. Um, You you know that uh, historically, uh, the Clone Wars were fought, uh, you know, Trade Federation versus Jedi. That animosity, it stands to reason, probably still runs deep. Uh, Whereas the Huts... Um, are pretty famously contemptuous of Jedi, but not feuding with them, uh, just because of the strong innate resistance that uh, the Hut species has to many Jedi mind tricks. Okay, then I'll go through the Hut gate. Okay. And I'm not like uh, outwardly brazenly brandishing my lightsaber on my hip or anything, but I'm also not like trying to hide as much as we were on Baldemnik. Sure, you're just a blue lady in a robe. Pretty much. Okay. I think I ho- I'm hoping they don't look too closely. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, they are. Let's see. Yeah. Interesting result. Uh, so they're they're not like checking papers or anything. It's just a gate that is manned by them. Uh, you can see that there are eight Red Sun troopers. Um, one of which is some kind of uh, captain. Uh, he has on the somewhat infamous uh, like red. Um, greaves, the like the like the forearm armor that is very uh, it's it's clearly a derivative of the Mandalorian style um, without uh, being a direct copy of it. 
and it's done in like a bright red lacquer. Um, but the rest of his armor, as is uh, Red Sun tradition, is a hodgepodge of different things taken from uh, slain enemies. Uh, the You are nervous walking through the gate. Uh, you feel the intensity of their eyes laying on you as you cross the threshold, but no one says anything and no one stops you. And you are into the city. Okay, cool. And I'm just gonna go back to the uh, to the beach and try and find the place where um, kind of just that area where I was when B13 found me. Sure. You go to the you know, you go to the tree whose description we can't describe and you um, pass by the spot where you um, saw the saw the couple getting busy <laughs> and it's uh, it's afternoon this time. It's uh, it doesn't quite have the you know the drama of recent sunset last time you were here. Um, due to the lockdowns and the intense intensifying militarization of the city, the the beach is very nearly deserted. Uh, there's a peculiar kind of loneliness that steals over you, being in a place that was once so active and is now close to barren. Um, reminiscent of the way that, you know, so many of your own friends recently have, have left your side. Yeah, I think, um, so she, with all of that, I think she's just going to drop her stuff and just sort of sit down in the sand and just with her knees, like kind of propping her hands on her knees and her head between her hands is just going to just sort of say to herself, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't, I don't know what to do. And um, I think she's going to attempt to meditate because that is what she has done in the past. Um, but she's kind of going into it with the mentality of this feels kind of futile. Sure. Um, give me a, give me a discipline test. Mm. Oh. Uh, so despite the despair down the pool, a triumph and uh, three successes. It's very exciting. Uh, you feel a calm come over you. Uh, it's been a long time since you've felt this kind of calm, probably since, you know, you were a knight in training on the on the temple at Synect Ray in your youth. And, you know, thinking about Synect Ray and thinking about um, those times past, you slip into almost a trance. A, a a suspended state wherein things of all import and size uh, feel far away, almost dreamlike. Um, you you know you see as if behind you um, the, the the twisted, badly cloned face of B thirteen uh, standing almost exactly where he was when you saw him last on this beach. And he just kind of looks at you sadly for a moment, and then the vision fades. And you see Luke uh, standing in front of the temple on Synect Ray. Uh, he is little more than a silhouette as the temple burns and gives him backlight, throwing him into sharp chiaroscuro. And you see. Ronus um, in a tank still uh, sleeping and his eyes moving quickly as though he were in uh, his own dream. And beyond those images blending together, uh, Ronus's face uh, looming up huge behind the burning temple, which is in turn behind the silhouette of your your master, your father figure, Luke, there is a deeper shadow beyond them both, something lurking. And for the, for the first time, you feel something direct and immediate in your heart and soul, and the certain and uh, almost inescapable knowledge that this is the... Uh, the weight of evil and the dark side that Luke has been living with, uh, the, the, the shadow that he, against which he has been struggling for 
these past 30 years when the rest of the galaxy thought the Sith destroyed and defeated. This looming shadow behind everything is what you presume currently is Darth Plagueis watching it all. And with a jolt, you open your eyes again and the sun is setting down at the edge of the ocean. Both moons are out. Uh, One, a narrow crescent, like a scimitar blade, and the other one, half showing. Um, I think she's just gonna cry it out right now. Um, the shadow behind Ronus is deeply unsettling for her. Um, yep, I think she's just gonna, she's gonna have a, have a cry. And then, um, try and call Velamin again. Um, can you please give me a vigilance test? Come on, girl. Vigilance. I am really good at this one. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually going to give you a strain back, um, because you (laughs) realized that there was one person, uh, two people actually, uh, conspicuously missing from that vision. Uh, Eshka and BC20. And... For whatever reason, you know, in, in sort of the, uh, the the grip of, you know, the hypnosis, the, the force vision, you kind of instinctively understand that they're not in the kind of danger that Luke and Ronus and the temple are. Whatever that means, they're, they're not in... Somehow they have avoided the worst of these things. Okay. Oh, oh boy. Victoria the player is having a moment right now. Um, okay, yep, that's what, like I said, she's sad, like, you know, full-on sobbing cry until she kind of has that realization and kind of steals herself, and then she'll try and call Velamin again, so. Maybe things can be okay, at least for that. <laughs> uh, all right, um, then I, if you are going to try and call Velamin again, I'm going to make a secret roll for secret reasons. Does Velamin have his phone on? <laughs> I know. It's like, boy, take it off. Do not disturb. Also, I got to let my dog out one second. Also, while I know that it's technically just, you know, that she's been checking in regularly, I'm I'm just very delighted by this mental image of Kiyama, like, having this sad crying breakdown and being like, I want to call Velamin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a happy call. Oh, I know. <laughs> to be so sad, Valamin just ghosts us. <laughs> oh, she knows. She she has some dirt. She knows he won't fully. Um, are you are you set and back? Yeah, I'm back. He's outside doing okay. whatever. Doing whatever it is, dogs do. Yes. Um, body slamming a possum. So, I'll I'll have some fun for this. This will be good for um. This would be good for you Raylo nerds um, and the, uh, the, the fan servicers in, in particular. Um, Veloman, ans- Veloman answers. Um, he is wearing like space boxers and nothing else. He's like shirtless and you can see that his whole body is covered in scars. Um, and he looks very irritated. Oh, I look just as irritated. Um, he he is in what is no doubt a very he presumes is a very intimidating pose. He says, "What? This wasn't a part of the deal." Are you going to explain that statement or ask me to suss it out? Three of us didn't leave your ship. Where are they? The Bothan was always going was always going with Felion. The senator has agreed to come with me to maintain the illusion of my continued allegiance to the true empire. A senator is too valuable a prisoner to explain away. Rona Sorgana is legitimately my prisoner. You promised none of them I did would get promise, hurt. And none of them are. How badly do you want to keep your mind? There is a long pause as he just stares into the hollow projector. Um, and then his image cuts out. I'm fine with that. That sounds like I got under his skin enough. Troll shit. Yep. That's, that's uh, yep. <laughs> Good, 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 good. Uh, okay, then uh, let's let's cut back to the the backgammon game, the uh, the, the the fun and light uh, portion <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> the pendulum swing is strong with this one. 
Yeah. Also, it says a lot about your episode when the the fun the fun part of the scene is everyone I love died. Yeah. And that's why I'm Mine here. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you guys are playing Beckham, and I think that's fun. It is. It is. I'm just teasing. <laughs> yeah, but that is that. This is one of those episodes. Um, is there anything else? Uh, are, are you guys going to just kind of maintain on the ship for a while? Um, or is anybody planning a next move? Um, not to not to put too fine a point on it, but you guys seem kind of adrift at the moment. And there are three of you on this ship. That's uh, that's yeah. quorum, quorum enough to cook up a plan. And Mia looks um, like she could use a distraction from her distraction, not to put too fine a point on it. So, before we go too far into planning things uh i'm not i'm not super familiar with military commands and the like uh chain of command what is your what is your duty if you get up to some stuff are people gonna be mad or are you how much freedom do you have with respect to what you do that's a good question brian (laughs) uh you are a warrant officer you were allowed to do uh and you are a specialist operative you are Basically, the the parameters of the command structures they pertain to you are you are given an assignment and you are told maybe a handful of things to not do. Other than that, you pretty much have leeway. You maintain that leeway by uh, through through, you know, effectiveness and through uh, discretion. But you have a lot of latitude. I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell she like I've got a got a fair bit of leeway what are you thinking well we have we have a couple of things right now uh one is we want valman to come find us so we can can keep working together um valman is not going to come find you i hey uh, no no one's ever directly told you that and okay that's a good point but no no, i I just want to make it clear that no one has ever said that would happen either he he Uh, only mentioned implied he mentioned that he would let us know when he like it's he's like he's holding all the cards right now. He's like, I will let you know when I'm ready for you guys to come to Angmar to help me take down my master. Well, that's what he told Kiyama. So I, she hasn't shared that yet, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the metagame sense. That's what it is. But she hasn't shared that with everybody. Uh, yeah. So we're we're waiting for Velman, but he's not exactly um, not exactly the most. Uh, punctual or communicative person uh, as far as I can tell and so that he'll find us when he finds us um, mm-hmm. we need to find Runs, uh, we need to find Eshka, we need to find VC20 and also we we kind of got to make sure that the, the temple is safe Jedi temple? So, uh, yes, yeah that one. Um, the Jedi temple is a legend I'm sorry, uh Define Jedi Temple. Uh, yeah. So that's an interesting question. <laughs> uh, it's called the Jedi Temple. Uh, it's a place of just like a ton of uh, knowledge. Um, but there, there's a bunch of like kids there learning to become Jedi. Uh, there are a number of relatively skilled Jedi masters. Uh, it's generally kept pretty pretty on the down low, but I'm assuming that you're you're not going to sort of share that willy-nilly. Um, I mean, not if I don't want people to look at me like I have multiple heads. She is telling you right now that there really are elves and Santa at the North Pole. I feel like I've earned enough trust with my fantastic... <laughs> like, if someone came up to me healed my arm magically... And then was like, there are elves. I'd probably believe them. Yeah, sure. But there's, yeah. There's a big difference between I know that midichlorians exist and they make some people able to do some pretty wild and wacky shit. And, and like, there's the this place exists? somewhere in the game. Yeah, there's like this <laughs> mystical commune of of education. And <laughs> so she just. Where everybody just, learns how to be a wizard. Yeah, she just looks at she and is like, the the Jedi Temple is a metaphor. Ooh, a metaphor for what? I mean, presumably for, you know, the the culmination of Jedi 
the Jedi path, it, there's a there's not an actual temple, is there? I mean, it's, I'm sure at one point in the past there wasn't, but again, it's a lovely place. It's very pretty. Uh, there are cool waterfalls everywhere, but at its core, it's it's just a building with a Jedi in it who who teaches people some things. That sort of minimum bar for Jedi temple, uh, and it's got a lot <laughs> of cool stuff, but. It definitely exists. Okay, I'm voting that we go here first, then. <laughs> cool. I, ostensibly, this is a a barn dough temp. Like I've, I've talked to you, I've talked to you about barn dough stuff in the past a little bit. So I'll, I just I don't want us to put the Jedi Temple on a pedestal. It's a lovely place. Luke is nice in his way, but it's you know. Um, Anyways, what, uh, what I think we should do is at least call them if we can. I, yeah, it, I, I is, will is, say. Are that, you going to tell me next that you're going to like teleport yourself there <laughs> to say hi? Uh, I don't think I can do that. Okay, good. All right, so there have like there have been some teleports. The wrong word. It's more of like a, a dual existence projection thing. No, it's it's it, we're one one step at a time, friend. One step at okay. a time. I'm I'm wrapping my head around the the supposed actual existence of this place. First of all, so okay. uh, Mia, we can say that you uh you are familiar enough with um. Last time you tried to radio ahead to the temple, Ronis insisted on taking care of it. Um, for the sake of the narrative, I can argue that after actually being there, you were familiarized with the uh, the, the, the protocol um, to actually reach out and communicate with, with them. Yeah, I think Mia's going to try doing that for sure. Okay. Uh, so the, the three of you uh, kind of cram into the, the cockpit. Um, this uh, th- this this old hunk, uh, which doesn't have a name yet, I should think about giving it a name at some point. Uh, the old hunk. I like the old hunk. That's yeah, a great okay. name. <laughs> uh, okay, so you guys cram into the cockpit of the old hunk, and uh, there actually is a full-on hollow projection system, although it's you know very uh, very rough. And uh, Mia, I'm going to need a computer's roll from you. Sorry, trying to find my character sheet. So good. Uh, two successes, easy enough. Uh, you dial in. There is sort of uh, there's a delay which you're used to um, uh, as as encryption passes through the stars and through the vast voids of space. And presumably at the other end there is a dinging noise and another and another and another. Uh, and then a hologram of Ronus appears on the screen. And there is a pause while he smiles uh, sort of broadly and winningly. Is this hello? Um, I'm sorry to report that if you're trying to contact the Jedi Temple, we're not in right now. Please leave a message. And then he flickers and disappears. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I just love the idea of a Jedi answering machine. Yeah, it was too good to resist, right? It's too good. Presumably, it's something of an in-joke because nobody would call the temple if they weren't a Jedi. So, but you guys are staring at sort of like a just a thin, uh, silvery globe. Uh, you know that like you, you've dealt with all the projection messages before. Uh, very famously, your you know your mother passed one to your uncle at the at the start of the the first conflict with the Empire. Uh, at the beginning of the, that's what sparked the re- effective period of the rebellion. Um, so, feel free to leave a message, I suppose. Um, Mia is gonna leave a message. She's gonna say, "Hi, we hope you're okay. We are not imprisoned anymore, and we're trying to find you. I'm hesitant to leave more details in case this gets intercepted. I love you very much." And that's it. Mm. Right, and with that, you hang up. Yeah. Should we should we try and head there? Doesn't seem like there's anyone on our tail. Speaking of which, Yama. Yep. You're cr- you're crying on the beach. I am crying on the give, beach. Give me a perception test, please. Oh boy. Um, um, um perception. Alrighty. No. Uh, you are very su- 
you are very surprised when you stand up, turn around, and there are four red suns standing behind you. One of which is the captain that you saw earlier. Uh, three of the others look like lower-ranking individuals. Can I help you, boys? The captain answers. I uh, says, "I think you might be able to, ma'am. You drop your hood for me, please." I will do that, and as I do that and turn around, I'm going to say, now, I don't want any trouble, and I'm more than willing to get out of your hair. Thought you might be. Um, wasn't interested in your hair, though. More interested in your hand. See, there's a criminal, got a good-sized bounty on her, known to travel with a blue woman, got some, uh, some kind of writing burned into her hand. Oh, I start laughing. Wait, the person you're after is Marfellian. Uh, give me a charm roll, please. Can I? Ooh, I have something for that. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, you can make an end. Give me some kind of social role to convey that. I gotta, and I gotta figure out what's the best role for this. <laughs> uh, and remember that you have three light side points. Please. I will be using one and then, um, oh, oh boy. Okay. So I can suffer strain equal to ranks and intimidating to downgrade the difficulty of coercion. Um, so I'm going to do that. I have one rank, so I'm going to downgrade the difficulty by one. Okay. Um, I guess it's, I'm, I'm speaking honestly, so I'm not, but I am, I guess, trying to be intimidating. I'm trying to pull off the, you do not want to fuck with me right now. Yeah. You don't want anything with me, man, you're looking for Cephalian, basically trying to spook them. Yeah. I'm like, I'm also willing to kill all of them (laughs) if they try to pull something on me. Um, well, you don't say that. You can't say that's not. No, I'm not saying that. You no, that but that's vibe, my presence. Though. Yeah, no, that's the vibe. That's the presence and just the absolute cockiness she has right now. Um, she does not have much to lose. So, coercion, I'm downgrading the I've difficulty. Downgraded the difficulty. Yep. And I'm going to use a light side point. So, I guess um, yep, I've already increase one green. Yep. Okay, awesome. Wow. Okay, four successes. So, it kind of turns your stomach a little bit to, um, you know, incite this kind of violence especially after like you feel it kind of grinding directly against the like the spirit or the connection that you just had with the living um or excuse me with the the cosmic force uh and the you know that oneness that you felt in your vision so i'm going to charge you a strain as you get a little bit more aggressive um but the uh they you know one or two of them take a step back and the captain uh, folds his arm across his chest. He says, that son of a bitch fell in. Where, when did he take her? I lost track. Maybe if you can find him, he can give you the answers. That's 70k walking away from me. I don't have it. Go find it. You know, you're not like what I thought a Jedi would be. You haven't met enough Jedi then. And I'm just going to start walking back to the ship. Uh, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Listen, lady. Um... She was your friend, right? Yes. You traveled with her? Very close. Well, I'm thinking Felion's ship is worth more than 70k. To a guy like me, practical's a little bit more valuable than liquid anyway. And I'll stand and cross my arms. And at this point, yes, I am showing off the lightsaber. And I'll be, and I'll kind of just raise my chin and what are you proposing? Well, nothing if you don't know where she is or even how long it's been. I'm not looking to... 16 hours plus 7 days. 16 Give hours take plus a few. 7 days. What was the point of origin? Great with. Okay. Let me, you know where uh, Shingo is? They're probably on route. I know that. We just got to figure out what that route is. Every second's valuable. What's your... Tell me your birth. I need to talk to a guy, do some calculations. Maybe we can, maybe we can spring your friend and uh, get me a ship in the, in the bargain. What do you say? If you cross me, none of you will live to see another day. Know that. That goes without saying. And I think we can make something work. And I'll tell uh, him what birth we're in. Uh, he walks forward a couple steps and he says, Herrick. Crix. Herrick. No man's name. Kiyama. With him. Yeah, no. Kiyama. But I guess you already know that. Yeah. Yeah. Word gets around. It's the, uh, you ever think about wearing gloves, lady? I used to. Now I'm not so sure. Already stand out a lot. Fair enough. Uh, he, he and his soldiers um, walk away. A couple of them kind of like shoot backwards glances at you. Um, Crix Herrick is uh, 
He's he's on the shorter side, probably between like five five and five eight. Uh, kind of hard to tell uh, with the red sun's helmet on. He's got like a thick dark beard, uh, which stands out pretty dramatically from his otherwise very pale skin. Uh, like kind of large eyes, almost sensitive looking, uh, but throughout the conversation you had with him, his face was kind of always just like an inch away from sneering. Uh, did not particularly flatter his his features, his attitude. So you have a, a visual on Crix Herrick. Um, but, you know, you might have, uh, might be able to get a lead on Eshka's position. Do I have my comlink still and the others still have their comlinks? Yeah. Like, okay. Um, as they're walking away, and I'm guessing we're like, I'm guessing I'm like a 20 or 30 minute walk, um, maybe longer. Um, um, I will calm the others on the ship and just be like, and say, we're going to have some company in a little bit. I have a lead on Eshka and it's worth following for the short term. They're red suns. I'll try and beat him back. All right. And I actually feel like that's a pretty good place to wrap up for the night. I know it's a... Kind of a session on the shorter side, but very eventful and very character-driven, which I like a lot. Um, and next time, you guys can uh, meet up with Crix Herrick and maybe work on a plot to to spring Eshka. We get our girl, baby. Maybe. Um, what's tricky uh, is you know the the head start that they have and all of that. Um, also, Eshka's- <clears throat> yeah. I was going to say, Eshka's deal with Mar Felion. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we don't know anything about that. <laughs> nope. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's about to get very complicated. 